Hey everyone, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, we're coming to you live from the church today. We know that we're facing some things that we've never faced before, but we know that God is still in control. Uh, so I want to share a few things with you uh, about some of the announcements and how we'll be navigating this together. I want you to understand that you're not alone, that we're here with you. We're praying and trusting God uh, for you. And what did the scripture say, babe? We're two or three. When two or three are gathered together. He said, in his name, he said he would be in the midst of them. So we have two. We'd like to have three. <laughs> I said, that was about four or three. <laughs> so, but he is in the midst of us. And with God, we have the majority. We miss you all, uh, and, but we know that we're going to be together again real soon in person so we can exchange hugs, handshakes, and high fives. Uh, we love you, and uh, let me make a few announcements so you're aware of kind of what's going on. Everyone's aware of the mandate that's been given, and so what we're trying to do is navigate this and stay in compliance as best we can. The Overcomers uh, class that normally meets on Thursdays here will be meeting through Facebook. So if you'll go to your Facebook page and like Ray Highfield, then Ray will be broadcasting live on Thursdays at 7 p.m. from Facebook. Make sure you go to join that conversation and stay involved and stay connected to that. Obviously, we will not be having any youth meetings during this time, and we want to uh, just ask everyone to continue to, in your homes, just pray with one another. It's a good time to have family altar, read the Bible, uh, have Bible studies, but stay encouraged. Look, he said he'll never leave us or forsake us, but he goes with us all the way, and we know he's going to continue that here as well. Uh, we also plan to broadcast every day live from uh, Facebook, so you'll need to make sure that you're at the church Facebook page at 6 p.m. Uh, every evening. Also, make sure that you monitor that and look. We'll be doing announcements there and any changes that are happening, and we look forward to being with you every day during this uh, trying time. Uh, we also want to encourage you to give. I know that uh, there are some things that are happening and some have uh, been laid off or not able to go to work. But you know, the scripture said that Isaac sowed in a time of famine and he, go he, ahead. He reaped a hundredfold. Absolutely. Even when it didn't seem to make sense, God honored his faithfulness and he got his seed in the ground. So when you sacrifice, God recognizes that sacrifice. Obviously, you know, we would have preferred that if this not happen, or now that it has happened and they did the mandate where they've kept everyone at home, we wish they would make all the bills stay away, but everyone knows that those keep coming. But God's more than able. He's more than enough. He, the scripture says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he's going to see us through this time. And we encourage you to uh, give during this time. You can go to our website. Honey, you want to tell them what that is? It's cccmurphy.com. Right, or they can give on the app right. uh, through Stripe. Exactly, you're able to do all those. Or you can always do it the old-fashioned way and just uh, mail your offering in to 473 West Harrison Road, Christ Community Church, of course, uh, 62966 Murfreesboro, Illinois. Well, look, Deb is going to lead you in a word of prayer, and we're going to worship. We're going to have church today. Is that all right? Uh, so you just worship God at home, and we're going to worship with you right here. Go ahead and lead us in a word of prayer, babe. Father, I just thank you because you are alive. You are loving. You are faithful. And you are more than enough. And so, God, we ask as we gather today, God, that your spirit will work within us. God, that your presence will fill this place. God, in the homes of those listening, in every heart, God, open their heart, God, as we begin to receive you. We thank you for it now, Jesus. 
And we give you that offering of thanksgiving. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. If you'll follow me now, we're going to worship today. Close to you is where I long to be. 
together would you what you're saying God I trust you and everything's gonna be all right amen amen you know God has dropped something in my spirit this past week and I want to share it with you you know um, I begin to think about the fear and the torment that we've, that's been all around us, that we've been uh, listening to. And I, I looked at that word fear, and you know, if you take F off of fear, it says ear. E-A-R. Our listening ear. And oftentimes it's what we're listening to that interjects fear. So the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when we begin to speak that word, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. You know, David in Psalms 31, he said, I heard, I heard the slander of many. And he said, and fear was on every side. You know what slander there means? It means an evil report. He said, I heard it. And fear was on every side. But then he said, but I trusted in you, O oh Lord. I trusted in you. He said, I trusted. In other words, I trusted before it even happened. My trust was already in you. He said, I trusted in you, O oh Lord, for you are my God. Can you say that with me? I trusted in you, and you are my God. For you are my God. I trust in you, Lord, and I know everything's going to be all right. I want you to say that to your husband, to your, to your children, to those that are with you in your house right now and say, I trust in my God, and everything is going to be all right. You know, uh, Psalms 112 and 7 says, speaking of those that are walking in the righteousness of God, he said, they will not be visited with evil, their heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. The heart is fixed. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And so then he said, my heart is fixed, so then I will sing and just give you praise. Come on, let God put that song in your heart. Let him give you that praise. And what does he say? Remember the evil report? What We, we stand on what God says, his word says. We believe the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says, I am healed. I am filled. I am whole. God, I am free in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Jesus. God, we thank you for your healing power. God, that you lift this, you eradicate 
God, any virus that is trying to take hold of, our, of your children in Jesus' name. Lift it now. And we, we thank you for it. You said you'll restore health to us and heal us of all of our wounds, says the Lord. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We know that God is in control. And he's going to stay in control. You know, this morning, uh, when we got up, we've, we've been doing the, you know, we did the 40-day circle of prayer. Uh, but several people wanted to continue that, myself as well. And so we made a decision that we were going to continue to do that 40-day circle of prayer. And we still have groups that every morning at 714, we text praying hands to. And it lets us know that we're all together praying. It's a reminder of Second Chronicles 7 and 14 that said, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Well, last night I had been you know, doing uh, study and praying and asking God what he'd want me to speak about today during this trying time. And I was taken to a scripture, and so I'd studied it and looked at it, and I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to speak on. And then this morning when we were doing our circle of prayer and praying, I, I didn't see it until almost time for church to begin. And uh, one of the members of that circle actually ended up sending a text of the passage that I'm preaching out of today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Psalms 91. And we're going to look at the first seven verses there. And uh, if it's all right with you, I'm going to go ahead and stand up. It's a little hard for me to talk about God when I'm sitting down. I can do it, but I feel more comfortable this way. <clears throat> so here's what it says in verse 1. I, I want you to listen to these words. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Think about that a moment. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When I started looking at that, I, I started looking at some of those words to find out. I knew what God was saying to us, but sometimes when you begin to look at those words in the original text or the original context of how they're written, those are Hebrew words that are being translated. It gives you a deeper understanding of what God is saying to us. In this situation, the word that dwelleth, he that dwelleth, and that's talking about us. It's not just every believer, but I, I, you need to catch this because there's something about dwelling with him that's different than hanging out with him. There's something about when you choose to dwell with him that takes you to a deeper place. The word dwelleth there in Hebrew is the word yashab. It means to set down, to settle like I'm setting down now, I'm settling down. When I was a younger man, uh, my father-in-law always used to tease me because I was always standing, and as I was standing, my leg would be doing that, and he'd go, son, he said, why don't you just sit down and shut your motor off for a while? It was just like there was something constantly going, and I thought about how that sometimes God just wants us to settle down. He wants us to sit down, and he wants us to recognize that everything's okay. But it doesn't just mean to set down or to settle down. It means to marry, M-A-R-R-Y, to marry. I want you to say that with me, would you? To marry. I'm married to God. Here's what you've got to understand. Marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. In a contract, every person's looking to protect their rights. But marriage is a covenant where you give up your rights for the other person. We saw God do that for us at Calvary. The Bible said that God commended his love toward us and that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. He made the connection. He made the covenant. He made the sacrifice before we had ever said, I do, before we ever said, I will, before we ever accepted him. And here what God does is he's saying, look, he that dwelleth, 
That person that has settled down in God, that person that has set down in the promise, that person that has come into covenant with God and married him. We're not just coming by for a visit in a time of trouble. We've come to stay. We've fallen in love with God and we've married him. We've given ourselves to him. Everybody say, I'm married to him. You know what happens when you get married? You get a change of address. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hang out where you used to hang out. So because, he, because we dwell with him, we don't hang out in worry anymore. Because we dwell with him, we don't hang out in fear anymore. We're married to him. And when you're married to someone, you know that that person is going to protect you. When Paul spoke of marriage, he said it this way. He said that a man ought to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you understand what God is saying? He's saying you don't have to be afraid because you've chosen to dwell with me, because you've chosen to marry me, you've taken on my name. You're not just anybody anymore. You belong to me. You're not just a stranger walking around. You're, you're, you're not just out there floating around by yourself. You've come into a covenant with me, and I've promised to protect you, married to you. Debbie knows that if anybody were to try and get to her, they're going to have to come through me first. Well, here's the good news. You, you might be able to get through me, but you're not going to get through God. You're not going to be able to stand against the hand of God and the arm of God that protects us. Aren't you glad to know that we dwell with him? He that dwelleth, and dwelleth where? Dwelleth in that secret place. A secret place there in Hebrew, the, word, the Hebrew word there means a cover or a hiding place. Did you ever have a secret place that you went to when you were a kid? a place that you'd run and hide, some place that nobody knew about. It said when you marry him, when you dwell with him, when you've made that covenant with him, he has a secret place for you. That word comes from a, another Hebrew word, sothor. And that word means to hide, keep close, or to conceal. And so what God is saying is this, is that when you choose to come into covenant with me when you choose to marry me when you make our relationship more than just a casual acquaintance but you choose to come into that covenant you know marriage is a blood covenant and so is the relationship that we have with god it's sealed by the blood of the lamb and when we come into that covenant, this is what God's saying. God's saying, look, man, I am going to hide you. I'm going to conceal you. I've got a place for you that nobody can get to you there. It is that secret place, that place in his arms where we abide when uh, our grandchildren, as a matter of fact, uh, Shaley used to do this and now Vivian's doing it. She covers her eyes and when she covers her eyes her nana will go where's where's vivian where's vivian and then she'll go like that and she'll go oh there she is and so what she's doing is she's saying that when i do this you can't see me shaley used to do that but shaley used to bury her head in my chest and it didn't matter that the rest of her was exposed as far as she was concerned she was hidden you could even pull on her toe and she would just giggle a little bit but she knew that she was still hidden and you could not see her she wasn't exposed until she lifted her head off of my chest and looked at you god is encouraging us to place our to bury our head our thoughts in his bosom to place our faith in him to let him conceal us in his love and hide us in his care it's a secret place it's a place you can go to and pray Debbie has a closet that she goes to at our house and I have a uh, it used to be a chair now I'm going to a couch but my chair is coming 
And when it comes, and that, that's the place that we hide in him, that we go and we pray. And when Debbie is feeling overwhelmed, she goes into that closet. And in that closet, it becomes a secret place, a hiding place, if you will, where all of a sudden she's overwhelmed by the presence of God. I want you to hear me today. Don't let what you're going through rob you of your joy. Don't let it take away from you. If God is for us, who, my friend, can be against us? This isn't a time for us to hunker down in fear. It's a time for us to trust that when we dwell with him, we are in a secret place with the Almighty. How many of you are glad for that secret place today? He makes a statement to us, and he said that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High the most high there means, there, there's two meanings, so it, it means elevated place and it means the supreme or the, the most high is the supreme. So basically this is what it's saying, that you are in the supreme place of elevation. When you step into his arms, he takes you above it all. He lifts you up above it. Now think about this, because David makes a statement in the 23rd Psalm, and he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the what? Of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. So this is what I want you to understand. He's, he's saying, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now what did this passage say? It said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. The, the word abide there means to stop. In other words, quit the panic. How many times have you seen somebody that's got so much anxiety that they're just, you know, pacing back and forth and they're, you know, they're going back and forth and they don't know what they're going to do and it's, oh, you know, and, 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 and God's saying, just, just stop a minute. The word abide means to stop. It also means to stay all night. <laughs> I'm not stopping by for a cup of tea. <laughs> I've changed my place of address. I got my bags packed. I'm staying. I'm hanging out. I'm not just hanging out with God. I'm living with God. I'm allowing God to live in me. Come on now. You've got to make that transition in your mind. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. To make up your mind that, look, my God's bigger than all this stuff. And I am stopping off at his house. I'm not getting pulled into fear. I'm not getting pulled into worry. I'm not changing my address. I live at G-O-D. I live in God. I live in Christ Jesus. Paul said to live in Christ and die is gain. What are you talking about? Well, everybody's afraid of death. If you, if, if you die, you go to heaven. Look, don't fear. Just trust God. Abide. Stop and stay the night and hang out with God and dwell with him and allow him to speak peace into your soul. He said, shall abide. We're under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, let me talk to you for just a moment about shadows. Do you understand that when a shadow is a direct result of the sun shining down on you? Now, how many of you know that the sun is spelled S-O-N? So when the sun shines, <laughs> it's okay. He said, now, he's going to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Think about this, in the shadow. So when, when I was a kid, we used to go to town, and there was a game that I would play, and, and nobody really even knew I was playing the game. But what would happen is Dad would be walking down the sidewalk in town. It was usually Elgin that we would go to, Elgin, Illinois. And he, he would be walking down the sidewalk, and if the sun was shining he's walking into the into the sun he's got his face in the sun so it's important for us that we keep our face toward the sun now this is what happened when he would walk with his face toward the sun it cast a shadow behind him he would, he would cast a shadow behind him. And he didn't know I was doing this. But what would happen is he was walking with his face toward the sun. I would run and hide in his shadow. What, what do you mean hide in his shadow? I mean, 
I would, uh, his shadow, he was casting a shadow, and as a little boy, I would run and I would get in that shadow. And when I got in his shadow, look, when I got in his shadow, you couldn't see me. I didn't cast a shadow myself because my shadow had been swallowed up with him. Do you understand that when we keep our face toward the sun, that the shadow that he casts overshadows us and we're not walking alone, but we're covered by his glory, we're covered by his presence, we are overcomers. Somebody say it with me, we're an overcomer. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now look at verse 2. He alone, everybody say alone. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. This is a statement. that The psalmist is declaring something here. He's saying, look, my allegiance isn't split between a bunch of different people. He alone, I'm trusting in God alone. He says, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. How many times when something goes wrong or, or something goes bad, we, we get all out of sorts and we start running here and we start running there. Instead of stopping, abide, spend the night. When the night comes, don't run, just hang out at his house. So you stop, you spend the night there and you say, he alone, I've got my trust in him alone. He alone is my refuge. He's my trust or I've got my trust in him and he's my God and my place of safety. So the eight, Psalms 18 and 2 said it this way, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. Do you catch it here? Look at what he's doing. These are declaratory statements. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, and my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Basically what I'm saying is this, it's a choice. You get to choose who you're going to trust in. You get to choose where you're going to put your faith. And so the psalmist is saying, he alone, God alone is my shield. He is my fortress and I trust him. You know what? When you choose to trust him, man, all those fears leave, all that anxiety, all that worry just slips right out the door. Because he's a God that you can trust in. He says, for he will rescue from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Corona who? He will protect you from every deadly disease. The Bible says that his name has been exalted above every name. His name. His name is greater than any obstacle you're facing. His name is greater than unemployment. His name is greater than corona. His name is greater than cancer. His name is greater than tumor. His name is greater than diabetes. His name is greater than all our fears and all our anxieties and all our worries. And his name is Jesus. Somebody shout yes. His name is Jesus. And you can trust him. You can trust him. Verse 4 says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I don't know if you remember when I talked about the eagle, but the eagle carried its young on its back. So it's protected by its feathers. A chicken, you know, huddles over and, and wraps its wings around, but the eagle carried the young on the back because the eagle soars high. Chickens scratch, but the eagle soars high. And when you're in that position, it's a message to all the enemies below that before you get to my baby, you're going to have to come through me. <laughs> and the scripture said about God that there's none so fierce that dare stir him up. My friend, you are protected. He has you covered. Verse 5 says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, 
I'm telling you, man, this, this passage is for us today. God is telling us, don't fear these things. Walk in faith. Don't, I mean, you know, don't be foolish, but walk in faith and not fear. You don't have to be afraid of the disease that stalks the darkness. Verse 7, or it says, nor the disaster that strikes at midnight. Now look at verse 7. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. When you say yes to Christ, there's a covering that goes around you. There's a place that you abide where he conceals and hides you in his arms. You're not alone. He has taken ownership of you. Just think about the way that you'd protect your children. I mean, parents that really are true parents and that love their kids, they protect them. When I was just a little fellow, I don't even remember this except that uh, my mother told me about it, is that I was probably two years old and a man came into our house and he, he'd been drinking and he was trying to get my dad to give him money and my father looked at him and said, I don't have money for you to drink on. And he got mad and he started to storm out of our house and he closed the door and when he closed the door, my fingers were in the door and so it, it closed on my fingers and it brought me pain. And they said that my dad went after that man, that he grabbed him by his collar in the seat of his pants, and there were seven concrete steps that went down our front porch. The only one that man touched was the last one because my father literally picked him up and threw him out of our house. Why? Because before you get to his loved ones, you're going to have to go through him, and he will not tolerate those that try and destroy you understand diseases of the devil, sicknesses of the devil. It's not of God. It's part of the curse of the fall. But we've been redeemed by the curse through the blood of the Lamb. Now, look, if you haven't accepted that blood, then you're just out hanging out there by yourself. It's, you, you're on your own. But when you accept him as your personal Savior, when you dwell, he that dwelleth, <laughs> when you marry him, when you change your address and move in to where Jesus is at. It changes everything. Paul was talking one time, and he's talking in the book of Acts, and this is what he says. He makes a statement, and he says, he, he knows that, that there, you know, every place he's going, all, all these cities he's going to, he the Spirit's testifying, and, and people are telling him, trouble waits you at Jerusalem. But Paul says this, he said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm not letting, I'm not going to let fear dominate my life. I'm not going to let it steal the peace that God has given me. As a matter of fact, the, the Scripture doesn't end there. Listen, listen to the full Scripture. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus. What ministry? He's about to tell you. To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, look, I'm not letting all this stuff that I'm, that I'm threatened by, I'm not letting all these fears get to me because I've been given a mission, and that's to testify to the grace of God. Do you know that during this time when, you know, all of a sudden everybody's, you know, oh, you, you know, everybody, we're, we're homebound, we can't do this, we can't do that. You've got a mission. You can get on the phone. You can tell somebody about how good God is. You can testify to the grace of God because if anybody ever needed to hear about the grace of God, it's right now. If anybody needed to hear that there's a God that'll keep you, that'll protect you, that'll watch over you, that will take care of you, they need to hear it now. So don't get on the phone and start talking about what CNN or Fox News or MSNBC is reporting. Don't get yourself in a panic. Stand up in faith. Testify about the grace of God uh, and say if God be for me then who my friend can be against me Paul said it this way watch what he says to us he says to us in in 2nd Timothy 1 and 2 
He says, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Look, until the day that they lift this mandate, God's got us covered. Until the day that coronavirus is just a, 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 a footnote in history, God has got us covered. Because there's one thing that'll never be a footnote in history, and that's Calvary. One thing will never be a footnote, but it's a headliner, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's got you covered. Somebody say it with me. He's got me covered. He's got me covered. Finally, Paul says this in Romans. He makes a statement and he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, that's a pretty broad statement, isn't it? He's saying, Who can do that? In other words, it's an open invitation. Tell me who can separate us from the love of Christ, but he answers his own question because he knew the answer before he ever asked the question. And here's his answer. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Yea, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, he's saying, no, stop a minute. And all these things were more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What was Paul saying? Paul was saying, when you dwell in the secret place, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Paul's saying, you don't have anything to fear. We've been made more than a conqueror through him that loved us. So this is what I want to do today. Look, if you're watching today, and maybe, maybe you don't dwell there. Maybe you hang out at church once in a while, or you go from time to time, but you've never really made that commitment. You've never married Christ. You've never really moved in. You, may stop by for a visit but you haven't changed your address his invitation is for you today he said whosoever will let him come marriage proposal is a wonderful thing that we take seriously and Christ proposed to us at Calvary's cross there's where he said I love you and I want to live with you forever. <laughs> Don't let that slip through your hands. Don't let that kind of love walk out of your life. He'll never walk away from you, but you can certainly walk away from him. Don't do it. Say yes right now. Say, I will. Say, I do. I do, Lord. I take you as my Lord and Savior. If you're watching today, I, if you'd let me perform that marriage ceremony, I'd be honored. And this is how it goes. If you'll just repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I've been walking away from you. I've been walking without you. But today... I want to live with you. I, I want a change of address. I, I want a name change. When you marry someone, your name changes. I, I want to take on the name of Christ Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of all my iniquity. Father, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I ask you right now to raise me out of this old life, rescue me as I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, there are angels that are rejoicing in heaven right now. You may be on lockdown, but heaven's having a party. <laughs> and you're the guest of honor. Why don't you take a moment and just go ahead and join that party and raise your hands in love and worship and thank him for all that he's doing. For those that have already made a commitment to him that already dwell there, I want to pray this prayer for you. Would you pray with me today? Father, I just reaffirm my love for you, my commitment to you. I'm not wandering away. I'm not going anywhere, God. I've come to stay and abide in your presence under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you for being there for me, for loving me, for caring for me. Father, I just thank you, God, that right now that your hand is extended to everyone watching today. Lord, to our church family and those that aren't a part of this church but are watching from other parts of the world, they're still our family. I just pray, God, your blessing on them and that you smile on them and that right now that you reach in and assure them with your presence, God, with a tangible touch of your Holy Spirit that it's well, it's well with my soul that you're still in control and the sun is still shining and I'm hiding in the shadow. That I've been made more than a conqueror and that I'm not going to let any of these things move me. Thank you, God, for being there for us, for holding us and keeping us. God, I just pray that you wrap your arms around us and hug us. Love on us as we love on you. We give you praise for it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're so glad that you joined us today. In a moment, I'm going to ask Debbie to lead us in a song, and we'll just worship our way uh, out of here today and meet right back here next week. And keep watching Facebook for up-to-date information and announcements. I look forward to meeting with you tomorrow at 6 p.m. on our uh, church Facebook page. We'll be going live, so make sure to tune in for that. Again, please remember to give. I know these are trying times, but I promise you, if you sow that seed in times of famine, you're going to reap a harvest. So you can go to the website, cccmurphy.com. You can go to the church app and give there. You can mail it in to 473 West Harrison Road, Murfreesboro, Illinois, 62966. We love you, and I want you to know and remember you're not alone. You're walking in the shadow of the Almighty, and you're abiding in the household of God. Amen. Debbie, would you... Lead us in a song. Joy, love. 
like a fountain, short like a fountain, short like a fountain in my soul. Just one more time to sing. I've got peace like a river, peace like a river, peace like a river in my soul. Peace like a river. I've got peace like a river, peace like a river in my soul, yes. We got your peace, Lord. We got peace like a river in my soul. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for the peace that only you can give. I thank you for your keeping power, your keeping power, Lord, and we thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Lord, your word says, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, but my peace. And Lord, you told us not to let our hearts be troubled and neither let it be afraid. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've been touched by today's message. I wanted to take a moment and just remind you how very much God loves you. The Apostle Peter tells us that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, God speaks through the prophet and tells us that I know what my plans are for you, that they're plans for good and not for destruction, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants for your life. He has a plan and a purpose designed specifically for you. And you can walk into that plan and purpose by just asking him in your heart today. I wonder if you'd take a moment right now and just stop wherever you're at and pray this prayer with me. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I believe that Jesus was crucified on my behalf that you raised him from the dead so that I could have life. And right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, we believe that angels are rejoicing in heaven because you've come home. Now the important thing is for you to find a good Bible-believing church and become a part of that as you continue your journey with Jesus. We want to invite you to come and be with us any chance you get. Until then, remember, Jesus loves you, and we do too.